This morning, uh, I'm going to share about mothers and Mother's Day, uh, which is sort of funny. Uh, being a pastor, uh, a man uh, started talking about what it is to be a mom is just, uh, uh, I think it's an ominous task. I think it's the correct way to say it. But I will tell you this, uh, that I have a mom, and that's what qualifies me to talk about this. Um, I live with a mom, uh, and I also have talked to many moms, and I hear uh, when they talk, and I, I hear both their uh, joys and their sorrows, their uh, insecurities, as well as the things that God has gifted them greatly in. And this morning, uh, especially for you who are moms here today, I, I'm super appreciative that you'd come. I, I realize that that sometimes in a mom's life you get busy and you get doing things and you're just exhausted uh, from all the cares and tasks of this world. And so on Mother's Day, for you to come out to church and to be with God's people, uh, that's a great encouragement to me and I seek to be an encouragement to you today. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. Uh, not that moms can't handle things that are complex because obviously they can uh, but I want to keep it simple this morning so we get to the point of what God would have us. Let me pray and just ask that God would bless our time and then um, we'll get into talking about moms. God, thank you for the opportunity to be with your people this morning. And I especially ask that you would encourage the moms that are here today. I ask that you would um, lighten their load and their burdens and cause them to uh, rejoice at the role that you have given them within the family. God, thank you for the moms of Bear Valley Church and the strength that they bring to your church here in this place. Help us to adequately encourage one another as we seek to do all that you call us to here in Bear Valley. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing I want to say this morning um, is that moms need the grace of Jesus. When I think of uh, moms uh, and the burdens that you all carry, I think, first of all, of the past. And there's not a mom that I know uh, that I've talked to about their past, if it be with their toddlers or uh, with their children that have grown up already, that when they look at their past, they say, oh, I just didn't cut it in that day. There was, these, there was this phase of life. I don't know what I was doing or what I was about, but I just didn't cut it. I just didn't cut it. And then there are other moms that uh, are present. Uh, you are in the thick of raising children right now. And as I share with you and as I talk with you and as I hear from you, there's this sense of being overwhelmed with today, overwhelmed with today. And you say, I just don't know how to do all this. It seemed, I seem ill-equipped to uh, be able to accomplish all that this mom needs to do today. I feel like I'm just not cutting it. And then uh, there are others um, that maybe you're a younger mom here today and and you have your little one or uh, your elementary age kid and you're, you're looking at this child that you love and yet you look to the future and you go, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cut it in the future either. I, I, I feel overwhelmed at, at, at what it, the task, the mountain ahead of me. 
And I want to tell you, that's a good place for you moms to be. Because it's an accurate picture of you needing the grace of Jesus. That, that the, the reason that Christ went to the cross is so that he could be in relationship with you. And be there for you. Uh, in the joys and sorrows of life. And so as we start this morning, I want to tell you moms, and you already know this, that you need the grace of Jesus. It's not that dads and grandpas and sons and daughters don't need that as well, but today's Mother's Day, isn't it? I want to share with you uh, from Second Timothy chapter 1, if you'd like to turn there. As I said before, it's not something, any anything all that profound, it's a letter from Paul to Timothy. Uh, it's the second letter that we have recorded. And Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, is encouraging young Timothy. And he's talking to Timothy about, really, his leadership position in the church. His role as a man of God, a leader in the church. And as you think about a, a leader in the church, a man, a pastor, a shepherd... Sometimes, uh, even in this church, there's a sense of reverence and awe for that position. Uh, some of you uh, call me and you say, when you really want to identify me, you say, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Kevin. And I feel like I should go get a collar after you do that, or a robe at least, you know, uh, something to, 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 for this position. And some of you are, are very impressed with pastors, um, if you live with one, if you live with a pastor, you're not as impressed, I assure you. Isn't that true, Mike? Yeah, absolutely true. And if you're the son or daughter of a pastor, maybe even more so. But there's a sense in which that God chooses to take just ordinary people and do things in, in leadership in the church. And he, this is what he does in the body of Christ. And when I look at uh, Timothy and I, I look at these two letters that we have, I, I, I'm enthralled with the, the story. And I, I imagine Timothy at this place, this crossroads in the church and, and how God had intended for Paul to, to write this letter, inspired it to Timothy that he might be great, that he might be great in Timothy, Right? And then it says this, and I want you to get this this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. Paul speaking to Timothy under the inspiration of God. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Isn't that a, a beautiful, tender picture in the midst of this inspiration? That the Apostle Paul somehow had relationship or knowledge of Timothy's grandmother and his mother. We assume Timothy to be in his 30s at this time. And by the way... Um, when you're in your 30s, you're just in that place. You're out of your 20s. As a man, you think you're, uh, uh, there's a sense of awesomeness to who you are. Uh, there's a sense of, you know, you can handle it. You know, you can do this. And as Paul is instructing Timothy about the church, he says, 
Oh, yeah. I remember about your faith, Timothy, and your grandmother and your mom. That's what I remember. Your grandmother and your mom. He refers to Timothy's faith as a sincere faith. And what that means is the idea of unhypocritical. It's genuine. It's genuine. And not fake. He's not putting on a show. It's not something that looks good on the outside, but it's something different on the inside. He says, Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, the real stuff of the gospel working out in your heart. I remember that. He tells where that came from and really who was the model, uh, who were the models. He says, this same faith, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. Where did this faith come from? You know, uh, sometimes we have models, sometimes we don't have models, but Timothy did. And he said, the same sincere faith that I'm reminded of in you I'm reminded of where it came before you, where I saw that same genuine, unhypocritical, that that same real faith, and it was in your grandmother and your mother. And we don't know if it was a a sense in which uh, the grandmother came to faith first. She shared the gospel and modeled it before her daughter, and then her daughter came to faith, and then her daughter modeled it and shared it with her son, and he came to faith. We don't know that. They could have came to faith at the same time. But what this is showing is this, that what the mother and the grandmother had somehow also was found in the son. Why is that? I don't know. It doesn't tell us a whole lot of what went on here. It doesn't give us a a, a large picture of how Timothy came to faith and how his grandmother and mother played a role. I want to point out one thing, and I don't want to make too big of a a point of this because it's not described too clearly in this passage. But but this is a struggle for all of us. Uh, Do you want your kids and grandkids to walk with the Lord? Do you? Absolutely, absolutely. So how do we get there? Is there a book? Is is there some uh, curriculum? What do I need to do so that my kids and grandkids will know the Lord? Is there some kind of recipe? Uh, You you know, like recipes, right? We have a lot of uh, women who are great cooks here. We have a lot of men who are great cooks here. And and, uh, what's interesting about a recipe you pull it out and you just start throwing things together, right? You follow directions. You whip it up. You bake it. You, if you follow the directions, it comes out right, right? And it tastes good. And so some of us are looking for that recipe for our kids and our grandkids. And we're saying, okay, if I just do step one, okay, step one, work on our kid. You do this. Step two, you know, and and then I put them in the oven for, how, you know, uh and we think there's some kind of recipe or, or secret ingredient that will bring faith to our kids and our grandkids. And yet, 
what's the picture here? The picture here is that uh, Timothy had a sincere faith. And guess what? His grandmother and his mother had a sincere faith as well. What I want to encourage you ladies about is not so much what you're teaching your kids, what your schedule's like, what the recipe's all about, the things that you, you know you want to teach them, but who you are. You see, it doesn't talk about what they did. It talks about what they had within them. And Lois and Eunice had a sincere faith. And guess what? Timothy had one too. Where do you, where do you see that? You know, that's the most difficult thing about walking with the Lord is, you, you know, you can get a book that can tell you step by step what you're supposed to do. You can uh, <clears throat> even read about people in the past who have done this, which is helpful. But to see a, a, a live example of faith before you is a powerful testimony that God uses in the life of of a, a child and in a family. You know, it's it, it's hard because so often <clears throat> we wonder what we should say, what we should do. We see a crisis arise and, and we're looking and, and we're nervous inside that we're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And yet what is displayed and talked about here is a sincere faith, a genuine faith in Christ that will see someone through trials and good times and it will be shown in the life of a person. You see, we know when someone trusts in Christ, even if they don't say the right thing. We know when someone is walking with the Lord and and dependent upon Him, even if they don't necessarily talk about in a proper way where we can understand. We see it. We see it. And the beauty of this uh, short passage here is that Timothy was able to see sincere faith in his grandmother and his mother. Um, We could also do a Father's Day message out of this passage as well. Do Do you know what that would be? Where are you, dads? Where are you? I don't know what happened. You know, they they may have passed away. I don't know. But uh, I won't do that to you, dads. I just want to tell you in a couple of weeks, we won't talk about this passage. <laughs> we'll just skip over it all together. Timothy was a great man of faith that God used greatly. And you know what was behind him? A mom and a grandmother. A mom and a grandmother. Second thing I want to tell you this morning, moms, and encourage you with, if you want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 3, I want to talk about what God's doing in the church. What God's doing in the church. And what He should be doing in our church in the sense that, not that He He hasn't been doing it, but have we been willing participants in what God is doing in His local church? It's super important for us to get this. And really, uh, the idea of a puzzle this morning as my title is, where do we fit into his historical puzzle? What is he doing uh, today, and how do we fit into that? 
I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to be uh, uh, used and not be um, this most important, but I don't want to be left out either. Uh, I want to be a part of what God is doing. In Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 20 and 21, it tells us what God is doing and really in a sense of um, benediction, if you will. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. What is he doing in the church today? By his own power, by his own doing, he's bringing his own glory to himself in the church. That's what he's doing. He wants to magnify himself within the church. He wants the church to be great, the church to be great. So he is seen great. And this is what God is doing. And that's why it's important for us to be obedient. That's why our testimony is important. That's why us uh, throwing aside the foolish things of life so that we can get in step with what God is doing. That's why it's important right now. And you say, Kevin, what does this have to do with Mother's Day? Real simple. As you read on, what does it say? Throughout all generations. Throughout all generations. Um, that's the grandmother, mother, son thing, right? Throughout all generations. It'd be interesting for us uh, to think of the different groups that have met over the years. You know, we, uh, there, there might, be in a, might have been a club in the past that met and they were uh, people who gathered around the greatness of the typewriter, the typewriter club. You know, they got together and they, they you know, were banging on those things and the arms were coming up and getting stuck. As a kid, I used to love doing that. Just pushing them all at the same time so they'd get stuck up at the top. That was great. And then there was the great invention of that ball, right? The IBM Selectric thing that just flipped that thing around and it was awesome. You know, we don't use those very often anymore. They, they're, they're dinosaur type things, right? We push those things aside. They're no longer all that useful compared to a computer. And some of us uh, wonder about the generations to come. And we, uh, it's interesting as you've collected your stuff, your valuables, your, your things that you think that are going to be so valuable to the next generation. You know your children are going to love that you have kept this for so long for them. And, and you're treasuring these things and you're keeping them. And your husband has moved them several times from house to house and from shelf to shelf. And these are the things that you're going to pass down to the next generation. And I want to tell you, those may or may not be all that valuable to the next generation. It may be something that is super valuable, but most of it will not be. Most of it will not. It, it won't serve of any purpose. 
even some of your skills, even some of the things that you have gathered as, as things that you've understood to be true and, and, and these things that you want to share with your kids, they may not be all that important to them in future generations. But I want to tell you what the Lord is doing in His church is that He is, is causing the church to be great for His own glory. And this will be His purpose and His task for generation and generation. That the next generation will need this. You know, I look at these little people up here and I, I, I know that most of you enjoy them immensely. And you, you love seeing them and their their eyes get big at, you know, yo-yos and stuff like that. And they get excited about things. And, and, and yet right here, they are, you know, their kids at risk right now, right? And it's not they're, because they're at risk because they come from bad homes. And they're at risk right now because they're naive. Because they're up for sale, there's a sense in which they, they're just grabbing at things and they're learning things and they're pulling them in and, and some are good and some are bad. And for us, for us, I want you to know this, that even if we're dead and gro- gone, you know what? For them, for them to be in step with what God's doing would be to be a part of His church and bringing glory to Himself. This will be true throughout all generations. If we didn't get it in the verse 21, it's just forever and ever, forever and ever. God is doing his work in his church and it's for every generation, every generation. Well, um, this morning, ladies, I want to encourage you with a how-to, how to do this. How to do this? How do you have that sincere faith that that you are about what God is doing, bringing glory to Himself, passing that down through generation to generation? If you turn to Hebrews chapter four, there's one verse I'd like to share with you, and it's really the same thing I started with this morning. I do not want you ladies to walk out of here, um, and you said looking at the mountain of the future and you say, I can't do it. I can't do it. He's talking about being a model of sincere faith. And that's the problem, Kevin. That's what I struggle with. It's not about doing things. I realize that it's my model that matters. You say, I can't do it. Well, in chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. What kind of throne is it? Throne of grace. Not a, not a throne of failure. Not a throne of judgment. Not a throne for you who have relationship with Him that God's just going, oh, you blew it again. It's the throne of grace. He says, let us approach the, God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When is that time of need? When you're raising your kids, right? When you're in a time of need, when things aren't going so well at home, when you're not feeling well, when you're tired, 
when you have a bad attitude. None of you ladies here today, I'm speaking of, but hypothetically, if you would have a bad attitude. Uh, when, when your husband is not being all that he needs to be, when he is not cutting it as the leader of your home. Once again, a hypothetical situation. These are the times where we are in need. And for us to think that we only need salvation from the Lord is foolishness. We do need His salvation, but we need His grace every day for everything. And when I think of the great tasks that the Lord has given us, the great privileges He has given us, I think of being a grandparent uh, grandparents here today, I realize it's not Grandparents' Day, but Mother's Day uh, gets us thinking about that. Guess what? You're in a powerful position with your grandkids. Some of your grandkids won't listen to their parents, but they have to listen to you. Play that grandparent card faithfully. Just play it and say, we're going to talk right now. You may not think, you may think Grandma and Grandpa are old and foolish, but you're going to hear it anyways. This is the most important thing in my life, my faith in Jesus Christ. You're in a powerful position. As I think about these powerful positions of grandparents as parents, I think in this amazing role that we have, we need the Lord Jesus to work in our own hearts and lives that we might be the models that our kids need. Moms, this morning, as you think about the mountain in front of you, I want to encourage you to be people of prayer. Women who bring the needs of your uh, children and your grandchildren before Him, but even more than that, bring your own needs before Him. Your own insecurities, your own failings, trusting that the grace of Jesus will cover you in those things and empower you to be the mom and grandmother you want to be, and you need to be. See, we're needy people, and we're needing the grace of Jesus to work in our lives. Let's pray. And as we close in prayer this morning, I'd ask that the moms would stand up and that we might acknowledge them in prayer. God, we have these ladies before us that are standing that you have blessed families with. God, I ask right now that you would encourage them, excite them, and enable them for the task of being an amazing mom and grandmother. God, I ask that you would give them courage and strength that comes from your Holy Spirit. As their tank runs dry, I pray that you would replenish it with that which does not fail. God, I ask that you would use them mightily, that they would grow in a relationship with you that is strong, that they would not concern themselves so much in what needs to be taught, but more so in who they need to be and how they need to be connected with you. God, thank you 
for these beautiful ladies. I ask that you would uh, give them the joy of mothering today. God, thank you for Bear Valley Church. Thank you for these scriptures we've been able to go over. May we all fulfill the role that you call us to be by your grace and by your strength. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.